1: Hey, it's Monique, welcome back to the podcast or welcome if this is your first time listening. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 198. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them I also love to explore wellness topics such as mental health and money and vegan entrepreneurship, because this lifestyle is so much more than food. It truly is a way of life. Be sure to come follow me on Instagram and YouTube. I'm Brown Vegan on both of those platforms. So, yes, I hope you're having an amazing day. I woke up feeling so thankful, so much gratitude. I'm just having a great day and I am hope you are feeling good as well. So I am back with another conversation for you. I have Cara Celeste West and I'm calling her by her full name because that is her Instagram. Kara is a food blogger. She's a photographer. She is a YouTuber. She's an influencer. Okay, that's what she is. She does it all. So in our conversation, not only do we talk about her life as a new mom, her photography work as far as food photography, we also chat about whether or not long or short term format as far as your content, which one you should do. And we chat about her experience as far as working with brands and how she was able to use that side hustle money when she was working full-time. She was able to use that money to pay off her debt and how influencing can be such a great side hustle for debt paying off, saving, and travel. We also, of course, chat about her vegan journey. And speaking of travel, she and her husband and baby are planning to live abroad. And she's planning to do that, I think by the end of the year. So since we record, what is this conversation? So much has happened at the time of our conversation, Cara was working full-time and now she is a full-time influencer. So if you want to follow more of that journey, be sure to go check out her Instagram, which is Celeste West on Instagram. So yes, this was such a lively, such a fun conversation. So I really enjoy all of the gems that she dropped. So yes, before we get into the conversation, I want to shout out one of our five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. This one comes from Jenny VBB. The title of her five-star review is is love your shows I have enjoyed your shows for a while and really enjoy the mix of financial information as well as nutritional information thanks for your content I love it Thank you so much for that review. If you are listening, I really, really appreciate it. If you are enjoying the show, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts, type in Brown Vegan, scroll down to the bottom, tap five stars and write me a review and let me know what you're thinking of the show, what topics you want to hear more of, what topics you're enjoying. I really appreciate it. It's a great way to give me some feedback and it's an easy way to sh- support the show for free and allows other people to find us. So. Definitely do that when you have the time. And I thank you in advance for that. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. How are you doing these days? You've had a lot of adjustments in your life over the last, uh, last couple of years. So how are you feeling? How are you doing?
0: I am doing so good. And also at the same time, still navigating every single challenge (laughs) that comes with being a new parent especially being a new parent in these very (laughs) uncertain unprecedented times
1: seriously did you so you had a covid pregnancy covid labor everything yes and so you weren't allowed to have i guess enough people well were you allowed to have support in the room with you
0: Yes. And it's so interesting because it's, you know, a lot of people, this was a very hard time to give birth, especially by giving birth in a hospital setting because of the restrictions with COVID. Mm -hmm. But I kind of saw it as a bit of a blessing. The one thing that I was really happy about is that I did decide to have a hospital birth, but I wanted it to be as natural and, you know, forward thinking and holistic as possible. So I did have a doula with me and at least where I'm at in Texas, at least I was actually able to have a doula and she was part of my care team. So she actually didn't count as like my support person, (laughs) (laughs) which was really nice. Yeah. I love that they did that. And I think that's how it should be. (laughs) And then I had my husband with me as well. And because we weren't able to have any visitors in the postpartum part of our hospital stay, it was actually really nice because if you think about it before this happened, you know, you'd have all these people, family members coming to visit and, you know, bombard you and you're in such a still very like, vulnerable state because you don't get any sleep in the hospital. So it was actually really nice to just have that moment for the three of us to bond, to get to know each other. It's a it's a special time. We'll never get back. So I actually looked at it as very much a blessing over an inconvenience.
1: That is a very good point. I never thought about it like that because, yeah, it's, it's bad enough that... Not bad enough because, I mean, yeah. you can't sleep <laughs> because the nurses are like poking at you the whole time. Yes. And then oh the my family God. is in and out. Yeah it's so chaotic. I just remember every time I had a baby, I just wanted to go home as quickly as possible. So hey. you are I never thought about it like that, but yeah, that is that's really good.
0: Yeah, no one tells you about that. It's like you don't get any sleep in the hospital. Every someone's in your room every hour and a half waking There's you something.
1: up. And then if you're breastfeeding, they're waking you up to feed the baby too.
0: Yes. <laughs> You already know.
1: <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> so how are you guys doing at home? Like, how is life? What, what does that look like for you as far as, you know, are you working full time still? What, what's everything looking like?
0: Yeah, so I mean, this is, I think that's really been the biggest challenge because we both work full-time. Childcare is so expensive among all the other things that we're dealing with right now with inflation. And so, you know, we've really been leaning on our support of our family and our friends. And I think that that's one thing that is really hard, especially if you're someone who is a very independent person like myself. I don't like to ask for help. And that's one thing motherhood is shaping for me is, the you know, the quote of, you know, it takes a village. It, it really does take a village. And I think with the way in which we're brought up in Western society, it it looks as if the mother is supposed to be doing everything. But in, in reality, it takes so many hands to make this possible, to make this life possible. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that has been something that I've really been leaning into and giving myself the grace and space to ask for help and to do that unapologetically because I know if I can't show up for myself, I can't show up for my family and I can't show up, you know, for my child.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad you leaned into that because it's so important, especially when you have people who just love you just as much as they, you know, love your baby and they want to make sure that everybody's good. So that's that's Yeah. A oh, and
0: this is the time. This is a time to ask for help everybody wants to help.
1: okay because well when when your baby's five I don't know
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly as they get older that help may diminish
1: exactly right right so okay not only do you have a full-time job you're a new mom and you're having this you have this business too oh my god girl you are busy
0: because are, you <laughs> are you self-shooting your content for Instagram? I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything, it's me. I'm a one woman show. I just found help finally getting a virtual assistant, which has been oh. really amazing to have. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank That's like you. the best thing I did for my business this
1: year. <laughs> one of the best things.
0: Oh, so I am so happy. Really for you. Does, I'm like, I'm like right? I just want to hug
1: you for, for taking that step.
0: Because <laughs> I already know <laughs> how amazing <It's>, that is. <laughs> It really is. I feel like this is really the year for me to understand that it's okay to ask for help. And in asking for help, you actually optimize yourself <laughs> in many ways than if you were just to try to wear all of the hats, you know, and it's hard to do as a business owner because you want you want to do it all yourself. But at yeah. some point you have to know when to outsource something.
1: Absolutely. And then like, you want to be able to like, I feel like because when you're doing everything, it kills your creative energy. Like you don't have the time <gasps> oh, to like yes. get the stuff, the, the projects you really want to work on, you don't have the time to do it because you're so in your business. You're doing everything. So I, yes. I love that for you. Ah, oh, That's amazing.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: So what does this setup look like when you're shooting though, your content? First of all, I love how vibrant your images always look. I love how, uh, just how bright your videos look. What does that even look like? Um, I'm sure behind the scenes, it's just like a whole bunch of shooting and takes. And oh my gosh. Planning. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah, it is so crazy, especially being a, you know, a recipe developer and a food blogger because, I mean, it looks so beautifully shot on camera. But I mean, if someone were to come into my kitchen, it would look crazy <laughs> in there. But I have finally kind of found a rhythm doing this for a couple of years now. And so essentially what I do is I, I have kind of like a big marble slab that I use. And this is something I always tell my clients, especially. If they're, you know, they're like, hey, like, I want to have this beautiful backdrop, but, you know, I don't like my countertops. And it's like, that's totally fine. You can go on Amazon, you can find the backdrops that you want, and you're able to work on those and create really beautiful images without, you know, having to pay (laughs) for an expensive kitchen. And so that's one of the things that I use. So I have this big marble slab, and then I have a few different tripods going. Now I'm actually kind of leaning into just using one camera. Before I was using two. Sometimes it gets a little harder with the editing because then you're basically extracting, you know, files off of two (laughs) separate cameras. So it's been a little bit easier for me to use one and the one camera that I do use and I recommend to a lot of my clients who are coming for me to consultations on, you know, hey, what type of equipment should I use? I'm starting out. I use the Sony cameras, but specifically I've been using the Sony ZV-1 that came out just a couple of years ago. And what I love about that camera is it's actually, a smaller camera that was designed with all of the same features as the larger mirrorless cameras from the Alpha series of the Sonys. So what it does is it does all those same capabilities. it gives you really smooth, buttery images, but it's going to give you that in a very compact form. So it's great for people who want to start a YouTube channel. It has all the functionalities for people who are maybe their beauty bloggers. It actually does auto focusing when you show a product to the camera. It's got the the blurred image effect in the background. I mean, it does so many things that's super user-friendly at a really an affordable cost. I think I got mine for just under 800 and dollars Think the full vlogging kit comes at about eight fifty, so it's a really good investment for someone who's starting out doing content creation. Because I personally think that you know, with the rise of TikTok, you know, we're seeing it now. Instagram has shifted towards Reels, and YouTube is integrating YouTube Shorts. I think short form content is going to be very important in the next few years for content creators, and I think investing in good equipment to be able to shoot that short form content is going to go a long way.
1: Yeah, I agree about the uh, short form content, but I need to know your opinion on this. Like, do you think that there's still space for a lot of the the long form, like more of the YouTube videos, the blog posts? How do you feel about that?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's still going to be a space for that as well. I think the the tricky part for content creators is going to be, what do you lean into the most? But for me, what I've really found is that it's really where your community is going to be. That's mm-hmm. where you want to focus your energy. So if your community is on YouTube and that's long-form content, I think it's still smart to lean into that. But then to also still you know make a secondary <laughs> effort to be on some of these other platforms like Instagram and TikTok, where there is short form content because I am a proponent of don't put all your eggs in one basket because okay. you never know. <laughs> I was about to say that because you're all shoes over the shoes gonna place. drop. Yeah, because you have
1: Instagram, you have the blog, you have YouTube, you're all over the place. Yes. Yeah, you, what, look, when are you when, when are you gonna put more stuff on YouTube though? Because that's that's not uh, I love YouTube.
0: I know. So, you know, it's so crazy. So me and my husband, this has been something that we've been talking about for a very long time. And so I've been really looking into really looking at each platform of social media and asking myself, how do I use this platform? Because the way in which I create on those platforms is what is the content that I consume on these platforms? Because that's what keeps me excited yeah, <laughs> about being true. on that platform. Um, so for me, the platform I the or the content I consume the most on YouTube is travel content. And so that's really what we'd like to start doing on YouTube more is more travel content, especially traveling as a vegan family. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited more things to come. We're hoping to try to make this work by the end of the year, which is our goal of actually living part-time abroad and part-time in the U.S. So I'm really hoping this allows us to jumpstart our YouTube channel and make more videos about this. I'm very passionate about it. It's all I think about every single day. That is dope. How <laughs> to live abroad.
1: <laughs> oh, we're going to get into that. But before we do, though, I want to go back and talk about the consultations because that's another thing that you're doing that I'm so excited for? What made you decide to start offering services to help other content creators step into this greatness and step into this space? Because I feel like these days, the barrier to entry is is lower. It's It's more fun. So what do you, what do you, what do you, I love that you
0: said that. That's so true. It really is. Instagram has changed so much because of their integration of reels. We saw on TikTok, it was like, you know, people are just coming authentically as themselves on Instagram. You know, you had to make sure everything was so, you know, curated (laughs) and now it's just like people are, everybody's having to readjust (laughs) how they create their content now with, with short form video but yeah i you know i started getting a lot of questions about my equipment how I set up my space to shoot videos and to shoot photos, how I was getting brand deals. And I thought, you know, if I'm getting all these questions, (laughs) I might as well start making consultations. And it's been so amazing. I think one of the things I enjoy, and that's actually one of my skill sets is uh, being a developer. And so I really love being able to sit down with someone and say, okay, like, what is your goal? And how can we strategize a roadmap for you to achieve that goal? And a way that's still authentic to you because I am just a proponent of, hey, even though this may be working for another creator, it doesn't mean that you have to do it in that way Um, because I don't I don't want to burn out my clients on like, hey, you need to be making, you know, three reels a day or three TikToks a day. It's like, that's not, that's not fun. (laughs) You know, so I want to work with them on like, hey, like what's your current, like what, what's your current capacity and how can we optimize your current capacity to make sure that you're still able to create content that you're passionate about without, without facing the burnout.
1: Yeah, that's a good, very, very good point. What does your process look like for yourself as far as like, do you have a schedule that you try to follow as far as putting out your content that's not sponsored?
0: Yeah, I do. So I typically try on the weekends, I'll kind of batch out the content that I want to that I would like to create. But sometimes I don't hold fast and steady to that. One of the things that I have realized when it comes to reels is just making content that I'm really passionate about and being really intentional with that content. Because what I have seen is even though I actually create less, I'm seeing so much more engagement because I'm being extremely intentional about what I'm talking about and it's something that I'm passionate about at the end of the day so it's like you can see that the the creativity is there versus me just trying to create so that (laughs) the algorithm you know just yeah just to show up just to be seen so I think that there is there is a lot of a lot of people are like you know complaining about reels and that you know TikTok and Instagram they Expect you to make X amount of videos per day, but you know I, I just don't think that that's the case. I think it's just about being intentional about what you're what you're putting out there. And if the algorithm sees that there's a lot of engagement on that, then all you need to do is just lean into that content. You know, make that your primary content, and you'll see your account grow.
1: Yeah. Do you have like pillars of content for your brand? Is there things that you feel like you want to create the like that excites you that you do try to input on your feed or your blog? Yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely, I think one of the things that has been really helpful in also motherhood has been allowing myself the time to step back to reevaluate and say, okay, if I've got less capacity to create, I have to be really intentional about it. And so, one of the things that I've been really big on talking about is just you know my own personal journey, opening up about what my own struggles are, because I think that there there's a shared interest with all of us, right? We're all collectively going through some. Thing, especially right now (laughs) in the world. And I think Instagram can be a place of inspiration. And I'm glad that people can go there for that. But I also think that it can be a very lonely place sometimes because you see people, you know, living these dream lives and you know, traveling or having these beautiful homes. And I think that there's still a lot of beauty in being able to also still share, you know, the reality (laughs) of each other's lives. And that can be hard to do as a content creator. Sometimes it's hard to open up. Up, but I think that people people want to connect. That's what social media is for. Yes. They want to connect with you. So that's something that I've been doing a lot of is just opening up about my own journey and also talking about you know social and political issues as well that are important to me because we don't tend to see that a lot on Instagram either. And I think that that's what's been actually really important for TikTok and the rise of TikTok is that it's left the door open for some really interesting and much needed conversation. We're seeing a lot of change, a lot of movements from just (laughs) the rise of these conversations that are happening on TikTok. And so that's something that excites me. And I've been really leaning into that with my content and just being really intentional with that. And it's working.
1: (laughs) I love it because I feel like a lot of times when you have, especially your type of feed where your, your content is very aesthetically pleasing as well. I would explain it that a lot of times it can feel very, at least to me, very stale. So I love that you bring so much personality to your work because a lot of time, you know what I'm, I know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But it feels like (laughs) it has to be a certain way when you go to certain pages, it can't, you can't just be vulnerable. You can't talk about things that are going on. You can't express yourself the way you want to. And I feel like you do a good job of combining that. So I just want to say. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. And I think it can be hard too, because I mean, the algorithm as a content creator, the algorithm, sometimes it pigeonholes you into into a niche, you know, (laughs) and you feel like, okay, well, I can't, I can't do anything else, you know? And I think it's totally fine as a creator, you know, we're as a creator and as people, we're, we're so three-dimensional, you know, we have, we have so many layers, to us and it's okay to to bring those into the forefront. Now I do believe as you're starting out as a creator, honing in on you know one or two things is very important because you don't want to confuse your audience. But once you've gained a community, they know who you are. Yes. And you can start peeling back the layers more and more and they appreciate that because that's all they really want. They they've already connected with you, you know, and now you're showing more and more of the you know your human. interests and your passions. Right. Yeah. The human experience that's what's important.
1: This podcast, I started off and only talked about vegan topics. And these days, I just talk about things that like it's, it's a lifestyle podcast to me. I and love that. one of the yeah, one of the reasons why I discovered you is because you did a post. I wanna say at this point. I think it was like two years ago, maybe. It's been a while. You did a post and you talked about how brand deals helped you being able to work with brands and sponsorships, allowed you to work to to kind of crush some of the debt that you had. Mm -hmm. You had a lot of debt. And I love that because first of all, when people see influencers, they think, okay, millions of dollars, everything is all good. But you're like, I had crushing debt that I needed to get rid of. And I feel like this is so important. So I definitely want to talk about this because in my in my mind too, this is a wellness podcast. We want to talk about money because if your money ain't right, we know your other shit ain't right either. You know how <laughs> exactly. that goes, right? <laughs> so yes, let's talk about what happened with that. Like, um, what first of all would prompt you to put that out there because it's it can
0: be very scary to kind of put your business on it on the streets like that. So. <laughs> I think you, what, you know, I think <laughs> I think just like being a, in the space of being a content creator, I think one of the things that really surprised me was even though content creators can make a lot of money, there's a lot of money to be made online, especially since, <laughs> since the pandemic, because everything went so virtual. And I think that this is where the world is heading. And I think one of the things I started realizing is that even though content creators can make a lot of money, they're also spending a lot of money. <laughs> oh, seriously. So, and
1: why do you think that is, though? Tell us that. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I do yeah. think it, it's to you know it's to keep up the appearances, and also too, depending on what niche you're in, I mean, it does take a lot of money to create content. For me, just specifically, just as a recipe developer, you know, there's many times where I create a recipe and it doesn't go right, you know, and now I've spent 30 dollars on you ingredients, you, you know, it. right, right, I know <laughs> so just like any other <laughs> business, you have startup costs, you know, that are that are contributed to that, and so, yeah, I do think that, you know, you you see these content creators and you think, wow, like they, you know, they live these extravagant lives and they can, you know, buy all these things. And I mean, even if you're not a content creator, I mean, just social media in general, right? You see people, they're traveling, they're buying new cars they're buying homes and nobody's being upfront about the fact that they're in crushing debt, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) keeping up Mm -hmm. this lifestyle Mm -hmm. and this, you know, the perception of having money. And so uh, one of the things I'm always wanting to be totally honest about is the how, you know, there's there's beauty in seeing a montage of someone's success, but not a lot of people talk about the how in it. And so that's one of the things I wanted to open up about is that, hey, uh, you know, you see me generating you know, money from these brand deals. But I also want to be upfront and say that you know, I have $30,000 in debt I'm trying to get rid of. That. Seriously, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's so real. I immediately connected with you when you posted that. I was just like, oh, wow, I love this. I love that you... Not that you had the debt, <laughs> but I love that you were open enough to share that. And another part that I took away from that too is the fact that you had your full-time job and you were still doing content creation on the side, working with these brands. And you were able to use that as a side hustle to pay down the debt.
0: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, and and I think that what's really cool about social media is that this is a space that a lot of people use, you know, people are using this. And so if you are already making content and you're already seeing good feedback from it, you know, if you have the capacity and if it's something you're passionate about, do it. (laughs) Just get online. You know, you never, you never know what company is going to reach out to you who wants to work with you. And then you've got an extra, you know, extra side income that's coming in that you can put away for trips, for paying down debt. You know, I mean, just more abundance is always good.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you typically get the brand deals that you are getting these days? The brands are pitching you, are you pitching them?
0: Yeah. So I'm actually, a lot of times I'm just getting, you know, brands that are reaching out to me. One of the things that I know is super taboo in the (laughs) space of being a content Uh -uh. creator is promoting brands for free. There's this conversation that is, you know, hey, like you, you know, you shouldn't promote a brand if, you know, you're not getting paid or you're not, you're not sponsored by them. But for me, I feel like that's actually the way that you attract (laughs) more brand deals that, and it just depends on where, you're at in the space of content creation. When I wasn't seeing any brand deals, you know, I was. Promoting brands that I I loved, and that's the whole point of being <laughs> a content Never. creator and influencer yeah. is sharing authentically. Like, what are the brands you're using? What are you loving? And giving authentic reviews from that. And so I would have you know brands reach out and say, hey, like you don't have to provide us with any content. We just want your feedback. And if it's something I loved, I put it on my Instagram stories, or you know, I created a post about it. And that actually generated more brands to reach out to me and say, hey, what are your rates? You know, so yeah. I'm I'm always the of Like, hey, you know, while, yes, we should all be paid for the work we're doing. At some point, Lady Gaga was not selling out concerts. She was at a dive bar. (laughs) So (laughs) everybody starts somewhere.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. But I think there's something, a certain balance, though. I think that's the issue because sometimes brands, well, a lot of times they'll reach out and they want the whole world. And they want you you get nothing in return for it. So I think that's the frustration for a lot of people. But I do agree with organically sharing the content that you want to as far as the brands that you really enjoy, because it just makes the most sense. And then also it's good practice for when you do get the paid opportunities that you'll already be ready and know how to present it because you have the practice of doing it for free. Totally.
0: I tell my clients that all the time. And one of the things I do also tell them is, hey, you know, if if a brand is saying, hey, you know, you're just starting out, maybe you've got, you know, like four thousand, five thousand followers on Instagram, and you want to start bringing in brand deals. If a brand reaches out to you and says, "Hey, I'm gonna, we'd love to send you these products," you don't have to create any content for us. We just want the feedback. If it's a product you really love, ask them, "Hey, I love the product, and I'm happy to share on my Instagram story or do a post about it. Would you be willing to provide a testimonial about my, you know, the content I've created and working with me?" That's a great. Trade-off and oh, those wow. testimonials, I tell them put them in your put them in your media kit. So when you send them to other brands, they can see that you're easy to work with. You know that th- the other brands have had a great experience with you. That says a lot. I
1: love that. I've never even thought about that. That's a yeah. really really good, tip. <laughs> really good tip. So you have to tell us why did you decide to become a vegan?
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, such a funny story. I feel like I was the most like meat eating like not I I literally would think of veganism be like that is the most ridiculous thing Ever heard. I mean, I was totally on the other end of the spectrum. So I, I hold a lot of grace and space for people who also feel the same way now, even though I'm mm-hmm. vegan myself. And so my sister actually, we were living together at the time and she was watching Netflix, and she was like, Oh my gosh, I saw this documentary. What the hell? They were talking about, you know, how eggs and bacon, they're bad for you. And I was like, no way, I have to watch this. <laughs> I have to see it for myself. And then I watched it. I took so much away from that documentary, as so many people have. And I decided, okay, that's it. I'm going vegan. I cleared out everything in my fridge, my pantry. And then I was like, what do I eat? I I, like made this drastic change and then had no idea what I was supposed to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So the first time, (laughs) yeah, the first time I ended up just, I was vegan for a week because I just didn't know. I didn't know what to eat. I hadn't done a lot of research. So I thought to myself, okay, let me start, let me, let me back up. (laughs) Let me start slow. Let me just become a pescatarian first. Let's see how this goes. At least that gives me something to work with. So that's what I did. And it took me over the course of nine months to really transition into a vegan lifestyle. And with that nine months, I taught myself a lot how to order at restaurants, you know, the social scene with going out with friends and, you know, making sure I looked at the menu ahead of time and also just getting really clear in why I wanted to choose this lifestyle, you know, educating myself through books and documentaries and articles talking about, you know, the ethical reasons and the sustainability reasons of becoming vegan. So it took me over nine months. But honestly, the film, I think that really changed me, (laughs) my mind and thoughts on becoming vegan was it's something that a lot of people probably don't know about, but it's a film on Netflix called Oakja. And that was that was the film that really made me understand the ethical side of veganism because it was done in such a beautiful way that I realized that if I couldn't if I couldn't eat my dogs if I couldn't put my dogs through what these animals go through every single day in slaughterhouses then I had no right to demand that for someone else to do that to another animal if I couldn't do it myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, I love this. I love how it you didn't feel like it had to be an overnight thing. You kind of step back because a lot of times what people had happens is people will quit instead of stepping back. So I yeah. love how you t- took that extra, you know, just to kind of give yourself some grace because that's, I think that's one of the things that we don't do enough of when we decide or we think we want to do this. We're like, eh, it sounds good. We kind of, jump back and forth, but we don't give ourselves grace and time to learn what this will look like for us. So I love that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And that's something that I always tell people to, you know, they'll, they'll message me and say, oh, like I, I you know, I can give up dairy, but you know, I can't, I can't give up these things. And I say, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like just give up dairy. If that if that's all you can do right now, like that's okay. You don't it doesn't have to be an overnight thing. It it is a is a process and everybody is on their own individual journeys and I totally respect that.
1: I know that your your specialty is the simple recipes. You like to keep things easy and simple for yourself and for others. So what are some of your favorite your meals, your go-to.
0: Oh gosh, well my husband is really big on bootables. <laughs> so we make we make a lot of those. Those uh-huh. are always easy. I like that because one of the things that I always tell people who are kind of struggling with going into a vegan lifestyle is how they're going to get all of their nutrients because it, the the standard American diet has been so ingrained <laughs> into mm-hmm. us and our culture. And so I love bootables because you can throw a whole bunch of things in there. You know, you can you got a starch whether it's quinoa or rice. You can throw and all different types of vegetables, and then some sort of protein, whether that be, you know, maybe it's a plant based meat or tofu, and a nice dressing on top, you know. So you're getting so many different colors. And I always tell people, hey, like it's important to just eat the rainbow, eat a variety of foods throughout the week to make sure that you are getting those nutrients that you may be worried that you're not getting. And so, love Bootables. That's a quick and easy thing that I absolutely love to make. We do a lot of smoothies in the house, too. Another great way to just put a whole bunch of
1: ingredients
0: (laughs) but I'm also a proponent of like intuitive eating too so I'm like hey like if you feel like you want a burger eat the burger (laughs) it's okay Mm -hmm. you know it's not off guard but the other thing too that I have just really enjoyed about being vegan as well is that I always just go on these crazy diets all the time and you know just to to lose a few pounds here and there and I would find myself thinking that I didn't have any self-discipline because I couldn't stick to those diets but now that i'm vegan i look back and saying like wow those diets were just literally not sustainable <laughs> at all and one of the things i have loved about being vegan especially now being postpartum and even through my pregnancy is that i didn't really have to worry about what i was eating because i knew i was consuming mostly you know whole foods plant based diet so if i wanted a pizza or if i wanted some ice cream like i allowed myself to have those things and my weight actually has not fluctuated i stay you know very healthy throughout my pregnancy had a wonderful pregnancy and now postpartum i've been able to drop all that weight back down for the most part in addition because i'm also breastfeeding as well too but yeah i mean it's been it's been so nice because it has been a sustainable lifestyle over anything else over you know treating it as a as a diet
1: yes it truly is what you make it that's what i love about it it's not a one-size-fits-all and, be- and before you actually start it feels like that's what it is and that's why people are a little a little nervous about the unknown. But it really is you, whatever you make it. Yeah, it really is.
0: <laughs> but you know, and it's funny because I didn't really see that until I started to see more inclusivity in the space of veganism. I started to see you know people who were black vegans, who were Asian vegans. You know, it's like I, yeah. I didn't I didn't see that before. I, all I saw were you know white vegans cooking kale and quinoa <laughs> and beets, and I yeah. thought this is this is what it is. This is what I have to eat. But it wasn't until I saw people who look like me, you know, making vegan mac and cheese and (laughs) vegan fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I'm telling you, I remember that moment too. I was like, okay, I like
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I think it's really important too. And I think that's one of the things that's so beautiful. I feel that's happened in the past few years with veganism is really seeing the representation and the inclusivity.
1: Absolutely. Is your husband vegan too? It sounds like he is based on what you said before, but did you meet him vegan?
0: No. So I went vegan first and then a few months after he went vegan, he kind of also took the same path I did, which was he was pescatarian first, vegetarian, and then he decided to go vegan. But it was actually kind of funny because he ended up coming home one night and I had literally, I think I had just watched Earthlings. Like, Literally, as soon as he came home, I had just stopped watching it, and he came home and he brought in an out burger, and he was about to eat it in our bed, and I was I bawled my eyes out, and I was like, "How could you?" And <laughs> he, he was like, "I'm just gonna go vegan now because <laughs> this is too much." Is a lot. Did he end up watching that though afterwards? Did he watch? No. What's crazy is my husband has never really watched a lot of like the ethical documentaries that Um. I have. But one of the things that I I do feel that has helped him also in his journey has been watching documentaries like The Game Changers. He's super into Mm. health and wellness. And so seeing something like that really helped him understand that to have the optimal health, you know, you have to get it directly from the source
1: I love that yeah I love that I love that these days there's so many different ones that can relate to yeah
0: right like it it meets people where they're at Yeah,
1: exactly yes 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 because I know back in the day it was not like that it was all kind of like the same same documentary with just like different people narrating that's all it was But I love that. I love that. You got to tell us about like your desire to be abroad because your episode doesn't go live until probably, I think, early October. So do you think you'll be, where do you you see yourself going as a family? What do you guys want to do?
0: Yeah. So I've been just researching all of these different places. One of the things that I've been doing on TikTok is I'm going to be launching a series about looking into all of these different countries that are very amazing places for Black Americans to either travel to or to live abroad. So I'm really excited to launch that series on TikTok. But yeah, I've been just doing a lot of research on this. My hope is that we end up living abroad part-time here in the States and then also living abroad somewhere else. And I'd love to try different countries. So staying somewhere for a month, two months, three months at a time, really getting to understand that culture and the, uh, the traditions, the customs in that particular country before we decide, okay, this is where we want to (laughs) be. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that's really cool too is I love slow travel. I, I really don't feel like you get the experience in just a week, you know? So my last big trip before everything happened with the pandemic was I went to Germany and I stayed there for almost three weeks. And it was such a cool experience because I really felt like I got to immerse myself into the local culture there as opposed to just going for a week and leaving, you know? And so it was, really, it was really nice to spend that much time there. So that's really what I hope for us and our family is that we actually get to slow travel. And I also feel like it's important because now with a little one, things just take so much more time. So <laughs> being yeah. able to stay put for a while, I think will be very helpful so that we're not just cramming all of these different activities into a very short amount of time. We can take our time and really slow travel throughout a city or a country.
1: Yeah, that sounds amazing. I can't, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure I link your TikTok, your YouTube channel. I'm going to link everything anyway. And since those will be the platforms for the travel, yeah, that'll be amazing. Oh man, I'm excited to see the series.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah I, yeah, I. this is something I have been wanting to do for so long. And I think, you know, it, feeling very frustrated, especially the past couple of years because we had plans to do it. And then boom, <laughs> we, <laughs> <laughs> we
1: couldn't leave. <laughs> Just like your the pan, pandemic, even when you were getting married, that cut into everything too for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, we
0: had to push our wedding back. We had our destination wedding in Hawaii. So we had to push that back because we just weren't sure what the, you know, the restrictions were going to be at the time. And we really wanted to have, you know, a good amount of our friends and family there. So yeah, I mean, this is (laughs) this has been challenging for everybody, but especially in the travel space. So now that things are finally opening up, I I'm, I'm really excited to actually be able to do this by the end of next year. I'm, I'm, I'm putting every penny aside not <laughs> yeah, to make it work.
1: <laughs> is that, so, my last question is Is there anything else that you're looking forward to? Oh, gosh. That is
0: such a good that's, huge. <laughs> that's a huge,
1: that's a huge thing, undertaking right there. But I just want to know Is there?
0: You know, I think for me, I, one of my biggest goals is that I just really want to help people live their best life. And I think that that's kind of where veganism started for me is I saw I saw the benefits of being able to change your lifestyle and be in alignment with your morals and values and how good that feels to do that, mm-hmm. how alive you feel when you do that. And so my goal is to specifically help women of color be able to achieve their dreams, to live to live their lives however they wish to do so, but to make sure it's in alignment with their their morals and their values and to really help people kind of escape the matrix in a way. I, I really just want to see people thrive in doing the things that they love, even if it's not the conventional way, <laughs> of Yes, doing that not the conventional way. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> for me, it's like I, I love, I love watching you know people live alternatively, whether that's bus life or van life, or you know being full time travelers, homeschooling their kids. I mean, I, it can life can be what you want it to be. And I think that that's what the beauty has been. Even though this has been such a challenging time, we've realized that certain structures and systems don't work for everybody. And it's okay to live the life that you want to live. And it's possible. So that's really what my goal is. And I hope, I hope that in my travels abroad, I find somewhere that allows me the peace and the space to create retreats for, for women to come and to, and to bond and to connect with each other so that they can walk away and create their own dream life.
1: I love this so much. Tell us how we can follow you on social media. Tell us how we can work with you if we want a consultation, whatever yes. you want to share.
0: Well, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and also on YouTube under Cara Celeste West. So any of those platforms, you can find me there. And then for consultations, I do have on my website a way to book consultations with me at caracelestewest.com. But the easiest way to get there as well too to book a consultation is on my Instagram and the link in my bio. You can find my calendly, find the day that fits right for you, and you can book a session.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so much, Kara, for being on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: I appreciate it so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you next week.